My name is Dimitri, and I'm a productivity and minimalism enthusiast. I'm Chance. I'm a philosophy and ethics enthusiast. And you're listening to the Rise Productive Podcast. The show where productivity meets philosophy. And what it means to build a better life. Enjoy the show. Hi, guys. Welcome back. To the Rise Productive Podcast. How you doing? In today's episode, we're going to talk about... Time management. (laughs) <laughs> and you specifically in, a, in an interesting way because drum roll please he's also a college athlete as well what? we Shut ran up. together but i but somehow he wouldn't like how would he have not been all right let's just let's just it's kind of obvious yeah the i feel like it's always been out there but you yeah. know just not said never overtly, <laughs> never overtly stated um but hey you know we're here and we got some we got an interesting topic here for you today we have two division one athletes talking about effective time management because for first and foremost how does it feel that the you're not under the guise of the ncaa's odd rules or form former odd rules about making money off yourself feels great um i don't think it will direct me in or affect me in any kind of major way i'm not yeah. going to go out there and get a million dollar endorsement unfortunately but um it's a it's nice it's a nice little weight off my shoulders i yeah. feel good about being able to just put it out there yeah it's nice right and then like if you do if something does happen and quote unquote the business gets gets going in any sort of way you're not hindered by by any of that and it can help you and you know you man think about this this is this is an interesting thing what if eventually my YouTube channel keeps keeps growing, the podcast keeps growing, you know, maybe you, instead of like during the summer you working at a bike shop, you, you know, you're, you're just doing some minor work and uh, for the channel or whatever, and then you're making money. And then like, this is, this is just sounds more to me, this sounds more fun than like during law school. Do you really want to like go and like work a part-time job or something? Or do you want to do this? <laughs> oh, I'd much rather do this. I mean, yeah. Even this and then like um, a legit internship, that would just be a fun summer. Yeah, that's true, actually. The internships are important. Job experience is important. I don't want to don't do anything like don't, don't want to crap on it. But right. like, I know, feel like you're like in a during good the school spot. Year, you, you have a job you enjoy. In... Sound... Oh, I was behind. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Um, but they're definitely, I definitely think you're right though. I am, in, <laughs> I am in a spot where it's like, yeah, but to, to be honest, my, I think, I think this partially got me there, you know, like doing this. Got you to your job. Yeah. I mean like in a, in a sense, like there was definite, I, the majority of what I pitched during my job interviews was, was my self-drivenness and this showcased it oh it's just your enthusiasm man you like working hard i'm just an enthusiast i'm not a i'm not a productivity <laughs> uh i'm not a toxic i don't have toxic productivity i'm just an enthusiast about work is that my new <laughs> is that my new go-to uh and like me justifying my minor workaholic tendencies speaking of how how, how you been how's the job how are you doing the the 40 hour weeks i'm good um the first the first few weeks of the job have been great like the people have been great um we're definitely we're you know like i don't know if you are familiar with pat mcafee but he just i like his saying he's like how you doing keep him moving 
Like he does that. That's just so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's been a good, good first few weeks for sure. Nice. That's exciting. I was a little worried about you um, getting too caught up in just the work or, uh, you know, getting too toxically productive. So yeah. they, they're great people. And, and I, and I definitely think I have some, some of that like vibes in me, but I mean, you know, like labor laws are in place for a reason. So like they can't force me <laughs> like to work. Yeah. And you're, and you're striking a nice balance yourself as well. Yeah. And a lot of the whole, like, Oh, I also work like 20 some hours on YouTube a week. It's like, well, you know, a lot of that is fun. Right. It's just, I think it's a matter of getting it to be the finished product has steps in it. That's work. Yeah, exactly. But it's always rewarding. Yeah. It's always rewarding. And it's like, do I like sit sitting like this? I wouldn't count this hour and a half as like a part of the of the twenty five. I mean, like on toggle, I would, but not like internally. <laughs> yeah, no, this is just fun. Exactly, and uh, it's funny. I was talking to my mom about this the other day. I was like, because we were talking about the whole name, image, likeness thing, and it's like, oh well, chance. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, like we'll we'll have to figure things out, like business wise. I at some point we'll be like, you know, like Ali Abdul and Tamer just. You know what? I don't want to be as as um as brash sometimes as they are when they casually throw out business numbers. You ever heard that they just talk about their financials on the podcast? Yeah, that. Th- I don't know. I go off. back and forth. It's a minor turn yeah, off for me. It's a little uncomfortable. Because like, if it okay, here's the thing: if I, I as a content creator that wants to get to that like sort of level of earning potential, and like, there's obviously a little bit of minor like jealousy there. However, there there's the ma- major major things inspiration. However, sometimes I like to look at it through more of an objective lens and objectively from like a a, a listener standpoint, I would pro- if I wasn't someone who's in this space, I'd probably be like, okay, stop flexing. But that's me. Yeah, but I guess they're kind of in the self finance self help yeah. space. So it's almost like you got to lean into those numbers and conversations a little bit. Yeah, and I agree. And and you know, I will I will go back and hedge against myself because I love hedging. Um, <laughs> like I, I, I mean, I just put him in like my top five of like YouTubers on the platform. So it's not like I don't like the guy. I'm just, just putting that out no, there for yeah. people who think I hate it on him or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been interesting. So the, the topic of today's video, I think is, is going to be good because like now you, oh wait, what am I doing? How are, how are you? I know, I know how you're doing. Cause we just spent the 4th of July together, but like, how are you? I'm good, man. My, the top of my feet are very sunburnt, and now I can go out and say that it really hurt my training run today. Dude, that the one that my bad. coach had assigned me. Dude, that looked bad. <laughs> yeah, we, we set out for about seven hours yesterday. I mean, we did we did the fourth right, but I'm feeling how well we did it today. You just forgot to do one specific part, and that's that's the thing. I reapplied so much, just I you forget did. about the top of the feet, and that's that's I, I, when I. I went on a fair amount of trips to the beach with the fam and my, my family was very good at instilling the, the foot thing, like the top of the foot thing with me. So I, yeah. I, I should have, I should have been the, the beach mom and been like, guys, just to make sure. Cause it is something you easily <laughs> could forget. You do. But yeah, other than that, I mean, besides my feet, um, LSAT setting is going good. Yeah. Um, I think July is going to be a month where I really ramp it up and just say like, no, like, you know, not a whole lot of relaxed free time, just, you know, practice exam. Yeah. Concept learning. And then, um, working at the bike shop still, I'll probably, I'm thinking about taking a hiatus August 1st. Right. So I just have the rest of August to study for the LSAT. just study. Well, the yeah, test is at that point right? will be, 
Yeah. Okay. They just released the dates. You can sign up for, I think it's like Saturday, Sunday, or Tuesday. Mm. So we'll see. Depending on my readiness, I'll decide what day. Yeah. I think definitely, I think definitely that'd be a move. Like financially, obviously, you know, you don't get two weeks of pay maybe, but you know, long term, you got to think about opportunity, opportunity cost here. I was, I think this would be an interesting topic to talk about, but I was reading a, <laughs> I spent too much time on r slash uh, LSAT, but this one person was making the argument that you need to buy as much study material as possible because every point that you gain on the LSAT, if it's not getting you into a better school, which could eventually get you to a higher paying job, at the least a better LSAT score is getting you more scholarship at like a state school. And it's like, you spend a couple hundred dollars here, you're saving thousands of dollars in, you know, tuition. That might be one of the best posts that's on Reddit. Yeah, it made a really strong argument for throwing a lot of money towards prep material, which yeah. I'm always skeptical of. So since I'm a, since we're talking about time management and stuff, I feel like it's definitely like the time opportunity cost there is big too. Because I mean, we've talked about this before. Like when you remember when you and uh and NK and I C used to go to do your laundry <laughs> yeah the opportunity yeah, cost at the time you'd be like a 30 minute round trip walk just so we could get four bucks or get free laundry versus paying four dollars in quarters yeah i don't think it, I, I think you're being generous with uh just talking about the walk that's true because <laughs> The time I spent there, <laughs> I tried I tried studying over at the other apartment, but it was really that not that much happening. It. But <laughs> regardless, um, I think I think at the end of this summer, what would be good is like post LSAT score. Obviously, if you're like okay with the score and want to talk about it, if like you're sad boy and it doesn't go well, which I don't think that'll <laughs> happen, but you know we're we're hedging. Um, I think it'd be good to like talk about like what it was like studying for the LSAT. Um, you know, like the process of like, you know, I got the score I wanted, did this, did this horror sort of pre-test sort of situation and then studying the actual amount of hours work. This could be a case study, you know? Yeah, no, I, that'll be a fun topic. I'm excited for that one. But for this but one. For today. Yeah. Oh, let's talk time management. Let's go. Synced up over the internet. Let's go. <laughs> We're going to talk about um, two division, two division one athletes are going to talk about time management and how, how to be effective with it. Yeah, just some of the uh, some of the little you know nuggets of information from from our time as um, successful student athletes on a team that scores a consistently high GPA because I think that you can't leave out the team aspect of it. Oh yeah, very good point. Very good point. What did we get? Uh, what was our peak GPA like last spring? What would we have? Like a three seven something? Yeah, it was a three point six nine. Yeah. Yeah. And in the school average is about a three two. Yeah, I'm just saying. We're pretty we're, <laughs> we're we're pretty good at the whole school thing. Yeah, and I think jumping into it, I think that one thing to I don't know maybe hedge against myself and maybe take a credit away from myself as a successful student is just that any current or prospect student athlete that's looking at a school or looking to do athletics at the collegiate level i would say mm -hmm. that one thing i didn't consider and i'm glad that i just fell into my lap when i was touring is the cult the academic culture of oh, yeah. the program you're going to and also the facilities that they put in place because i 
between all my friends from high school that went on to do division one athletes, athletics, none of them have facilities that come close to what Loyola gives us with a locker room and study area right next to each other dedicated mm-hmm. to the athletes. It just creates a culture where you're, you're consistently hanging out where you also study. It's just like, it's like, I don't know when professors hang out at libraries and it's just like knowledge, like going back and forth. Like that's like your, your free time, you know, is this like immersing yourself in your, your discipline. So I think that it, one thing any athlete should definitely consider is, are you in a space that, you know, everyone has the same agenda of not only competing at the highest level, but also, you know, performing at the highest level in the classroom. That's a good point. I, I didn't really think about that until you just mentioned it, but like, when I went to other places to visit, you know, we did not, I did not see the same level of, you know, emphasis put on it. Um, like I went to visit Marquette. They had a study area, Butler, a lot of these different places. Yeah. They were definitely separate from where the locker rooms are. And I think that gave us a distinct advantage academically. We really, I mean, we shined, I'd say, especially in our conference. We, I would say we're, we were the consistently the top academic team in our conference. We were ranked third in the country at one point. No. Yeah, across all cro- across all cross country teams, yeah. we were third for Division One that, that year that we got three six nine. That's pretty yeah, that good. was pretty impressive. That's pretty good. I think we were behind. I want to say like I'm trying, to, I'm trying to even remember. Actually, this is bothering me. Do you remember who we were behind? I don't. One of them was a West Coast school. Neither of them were Ivy League. I know that. Gotcha. I was a little disappointed by that. Yeah, I know. Like it's it's one of those things where it's like. Yeah, we weren't Ivy League or whatever, but we were pretty cool. Yeah, we were definitely. Pretty cool. It's okay. Uh, no, I think we had a really good academic school. Um, for for what it's worth, like I think, you know, we both went there for a reason. Um, we're those kind of people probably who wanted to go to um, an academically driven school. Um, but I really, I really liked the culture of academics, even from a recruiting standpoint too. So I don't know about you. But so you're two years younger. My so yeah, the people my age at that point had we had kind of a weird culture shift uh, that happened in my experience, right? So when I went in and visited, definitely a little more serious of culture in regards to that, not only like athletically but in the classroom. And then I'd say my freshman year, not so much. Sophomore year, a little bit more, and then we got back in 180 nearly by the time I was a senior. I mean, we had everyone but me in my uh grade so out of the five guys one of them being me wasn't going to med school yeah so that's uh yeah you had an impressive class of of students so i think that like that culture fostering really helped uh make it so that we had good time management because you know there was a lot of like pressure to to perform well i mean I think we're probably one of the few we had one of the few locker rooms where we would genuinely give people flack if they like, you know, were not pulling their weight academically. Yeah. And I think at times it could be, I don't think it ever got toxic. Maybe from the outside, it sounds a little toxic, but I think that the, with how tight knit our group was being able to call someone out for a GPA that was below the team average, which is a pretty high GPA average it wasn't a uncomfortable or, you know, like rude conversation to be had. It was just like, man, like 
a lot of us are doing it and you can too. Yeah. You know, like, like you're a smart guy. And I think a lot of it was, was hedged with like, for example, we had a roommate who like had a little bit lower than he should have. Like the man is, I would say, I think we've had this conversation before, but whether he's a genius or not is like questionable. I don't know what the, you gave it a different term. I feel like you, you changed away from genius. You know what I'm talking about? He's yeah. I think that he has a very high, like IQ, IQ score. Yes. Like he's very, yeah, he, he's in, He's very gifted naturally. Yes, right. So it's like you see that you see something that doesn't correspond in the in the grades, and it's like we're not hating on you for like we're just saying like live up to your potential. Like you're a smart guy. Just like let's keep this team GPA up because we also wanted to compete with like the other teams, and I think that was good. I think that was a good little vibe that we had going on. I don't think it ever got bad. I don't. I don't think it was ever more than an offhand comment or like a. Like, a, we get the GPA scores back and jokingly, like, say we went down to 365, I think the next semester someone's like, who tanked it? And it was just funny. Like, that, that kind of stuff I thought was I thought was good for the academic culture because it's just like, I don't think there's anything wrong with having, you know, like, let's be blunt. Cross country, we're not jocks. Like, come on. Like, no one's going to ever treat us like jocks. We're never going to be treated as the cool team. Let's <laughs> at least be the, the smart team. So let's just let's just take it for what it is and not, like, pretend. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I agree. And I think that you made a good point with your class being, um, I don't know, influencers or trendsetters for the entire track program. I think it's a good point to be made because when you're a student athlete, there's only a set number of hours for you to do things that branch you outside of athletics yeah, yeah. because between academics and I don't know, the apparently to the NCAA in 2015, 38.5 hours that you spend a week on athletics versus another 30 some hours on academics. Wow. Going by the same study, you have a very small amount of time to branch yourself out. And I think that being able to create a culture, an academic culture in an athletic setting can be a little uncomfortable, but it, be cre- it becomes like a, uh, like a study space, just how like a lot of people you know, nursing majors will hang out with nursing majors and study for exams or, you know, insert any major. And the the case is probably true, but being able to find some kind of like a common academic, you know, sphere with your athletic teammates could definitely, uh, you know, kill two birds with one stone. I agree with you there. I think that's a very, very important point to make. And I was just thinking about it with the, you know, having less time to do things sort of situation you referenced. So, Something that stuck with me in regards to that time uh, that you just mentioned, I don't know necessarily if obviously we as like a team spent that much. I think we would cap out around 30 hours, um, probably like on some, honestly though, on some meet weeks, like meets, man, meets take so long for track. It's just ridiculous. But, you know, during a weekly basis, we would spend 15, 20 hours a week on this. But I wanted to talk about how, you know, we had a lot of different situations come up that I don't think were actually good time effective wise for us in regards to academics. So, you know, I'm, I'm mostly big into the psychology of like performance and, and time management and when is like a good time to perform for most people. And I mean, we talk about decision fatigue a lot. People joked about it with me on the team, but like the thing is you inherently have better decision-making abilities and you make better decisions you make you get better grades right in regards to how that works right and we worked out in the morning every day and that's inherently like psychologically it's probably worse on our gpa 
outside of me who got up before practice to do homework. Yeah, I do think that, and this is something that's a little more outside of your control as an athlete, but yeah, I definitely agree that being able to run at like noon and break up a study day is just like, it it just makes sense. The science shows that you're going to be freshest in the morning and you should be doing, you know, hard academic thinking in the morning, yeah. not wasting your best cognitive hours, shutting off your mind during a workout. Oh yeah, exactly. And that's, that's, yeah, we really did shut our minds off as well as, you know, it was, I mean, you know, do you remember the whiplash that we used to have on Tuesday nights this year, Tuesday nights to Monday mornings this year? Mm, yeah. I mean, what the that heck was, was miserable. that? Like, that's just stuff that I, I mean, I think, you know, people do have jobs and stuff and I don't want to say like, oh, they don't know, they don't understand. They're not experiencing the same kind of stuff, but I mean, there was some, there was some whitelash that I had that I just know was not like a common thing in school for, for a lot of people. Like mm-hmm. we, we would work, we would go to the track 6 PM on a Tuesday night, not get back till like 1130 and then be expected to get up and run like 11 miles at seven that Wednesday morning and then lift and be done at like, you know, you're really done and ready to go for the day. I'd say at noon. I mean, like honestly, with the amount of time that it takes for you to focus up again and like not be tired because of that whiplash. Like you, it was, I don't know. And then a lot of you guys had class right away. Like I had night class, which gave me a longer reprieve, but man, that was some stuff that I just, I know the average person did not have to deal with. Cause I know working is something and I've experienced work and I've experienced at this point, you know, running hard and going to the well on a workout on a Tuesday night and then running 11 in the morning respectfully. <laughs> one of them's harder and it's not working in an office job. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, at least in my small amount of time working, but the, the Tuesday night, Wednesday morning turnaround was, that was hell. It was so <laughs> bad. I, I just remember yeah. how many mornings I was like, this is genuinely bad for injury prevention. Like, this is just a bad idea. Like this is what our expectation mm-hmm. is based on when we're allowed to lift. And it's like this weird thing in the situation because if you run after the lift, it's also bad for injury prevention too. Yeah. We're just kind of put in a no-win scenario. Oh, yeah. it was a, But it was the only thing we had that we can do. And that's why I say it, it, as much as it would be advantageous to do like a later run, Yeah, it uh, it's a little bit outside of our control. But one thing that I just really enjoyed <laughs> you mentioned was uh, realistically, I won't get a, you know, my day started of, you know, working until noon if I have morning practice. I think that that is another small downside to being an athlete is this whole, I don't know, as my girlfriend likes to call it, dilly dallying. But yeah, she does. I think there's a, a lot for that. Th- there's a large, there's a larger issue of dilly dallying just across, you know, I think the entire team where it's not, there's so much friction when you're at a meal and it's like, if you go to eat with your friends, it becomes like an hour long thing. And you know, you're studying and you take like a, a 15 minute break to help someone else study or just have a conversation. It, you have to strike that balance where you're, you're making sure that academics is in the forefront of the mind and not playing cards looking at some people <laughs> or <laughs> I don't know getting the focus away you know yeah I get that and I think it would be a good segue into like some some more I, I think we gave a lot of good examples of how like you know here's some uh here's some what's the word I'm looking at here's some authority regarding we have a lot of stuff thrown our way 
here's some authority which is like kind of we virtue signaled a little bit of authority there but um i think that was good because it gave some reference points of like we have had to deal with the whiplash of time we've had to deal with you know trying to stay consistent um i don't know about you but the level of fatigue that i have now that i'm like not expected to go to the well like ever again generally in life kind of great kind of makes me more productive because i can work out and feel good about myself but in the same sense i'm not having to literally on a tuesday morning like feel like i'm dying and then go study all day yeah i i definitely do agree with that there are some days especially workout days where my body is just wrecked and it needs that extra time or you know time away from anything cognitively fatiguing just to relax or you know put energy towards the fact that my stomach hurts or my legs hurt what have you but on the flip side of that i actually do think that when we would take our time off at the end of a season for any runner it's typically Mm -hmm. some kind of time zero time where you essentially take one to i mean i've taken up to three weeks of no running off and you just you're just relaxing hitting the reset button but i've noticed during these times and i can never put my finger exactly on what the cause of it may be but when i quit running i actually feel that myself like my academic performance goes down and i don't know if this is because so much of my scheduling is based around athletics or what it may be but i was curious if you think that any of your productivity or um you know time scheduling enthusiasm is rooted in the fact that you kind of had to build this schedule around being an athlete i think you hit on a good point there i think it was definitely a part of it. I think we as individuals in this space really had to deal with some serious time constraints. Like we just, I just, we just gave a heck of a lot of examples of how hard it was to like get on top of academics. But I think a good point there is there's a reason why I got so into this time management stuff is because I realized that if I'm not more focused, my grades are not going to be better. I need to make it happen because I don't have the time to dilly dally as well as the fact that I'm also like fatigued as heck. So I have to be more disciplined on myself and it helped me academically and athletically when I became like time management guy, I got better at running too, which was interesting. I think, uh, Mm because I started sleeping more because I mean, I used to just play video games in the time uh, or I mean, I did that for like a, for a fair amount of time or whatever, but you know, after I got through that, I I took all that energy and put it into time management. And then, you know, what I think is interesting about it. The reason we're more effective or you guys, I'd say are definitely more effective in season. And I even fall into that too. Right. I'm like, uh, it's because we have the constraints. It's like the whole Parkinson's law thing, but like on steroids, like it's (laughs) Parkinson's law on steroids because we're giving ourselves these specific, it's actually, you know what it is? It's forcing you guys to time block but like yeah. not actually time, but you know what I'm, get what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. And I think that it helps explain, uh, not a phenomenon, but maybe just a, a thing I don't like to hear a gripe from people who are not in athletics where they say, Oh, I don't have enough time to do this or that. And it's, it's, I, this isn't a, you know, virtue signal myself or put myself on any kind of pedestal, but I mean, it, it breaks down like this. I go to school, I'm in class for as much as you are and I'm probably dedicating probably the same amount of time, if not more towards studying. I have practice for two to four hours every day Mm -hmm. on top of that. And I think this is something that is really slept on 
is that when you break it up, this 24-hour pie, we always have to give eight hours of sleep, at least seven to eight or nine hours of sleep. You can't afford to sleep less because you have to recover. And I think that being a student who doesn't have to recover, you have that flexibility for an all-nighter or what have you. And, you know, I think that it creates more ways to talk yourself, talking yourself out of doing that work and say, I can just do this later. I can stretch this into a really thin, you know, work session. Yeah. I think that's so a yeah, good point. It, it does create a major time block. I, I agree. That's a good point. You mentioning the eight hours is a big point, right? So say we had practice at seven all the time. I mean, this guarantees you that, you know, you need to go to bed sometime between 10 to 1030, right? Uh, or 930 to 1030. Oh, and then you need to get up sometime between six to six <laughs> for some people, six fifty. uh, <laughs> some guys on the team. Uh, but like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this, this even gives more constraints. So we have the constraints now of the time the day ends, the time the day begins, and then the time the day starts around 11, you know, and then we have lunch in there. We have dinner in there, which is usually like a team thing for the most part, so, or in between your classes. So for dinner, it's like, all right, we're gonna eat at like 5.36. And then lunch is like, obviously you get to put that a certain time, like 1.32. And then at that point you have only, then you have your classes and then you only have this much time to figure out when you're gonna work on stuff. Mm -hmm. Athletics forces you. No, and precisely, and I don't think that. be effective in your studying. What? Yes, absolutely. And I think that just in general, I think it, makes a uh, a more well-rounded life. I mean, I, I mean, I think everyone should sleep eight hours. I think everyone should exercise for at least an hour a day. And it's like when you're forced to put these constraints onto yourself or, you know, it, not even on yourself, someone is putting them onto you. I think that it just, you know, creates time blocking before someone's even mature enough to think about time blocking. Exactly. And that's that's where I realized in that sense that I only had that specific amount of time left. So I'm like, that's what got me on the early morning kick thing too. Cause I'm like, I don't have time to like make this YouTube channel that I want to make. I don't have time to make this blog. I want to, I don't have time. Like, where am I going to find the time? I could do it before practice. Oh God, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I'll just go to bed early and I'll like actually say strict with that now that I don't play video games. And the next thing I know I'm like productivity guy. And guys are making jokes about it or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, it's cool. And then like, actually, you know what? I got into the productivity thing before I made a YouTube channel about it. I inverted that situation. Um, I, uh, mm -hmm. No, no, no. The getting up early part was that. Uh, I did start using Notion before I had even had the inkling thought of using it um, to make videos. Um, but the, the waking up early thing actually was the YouTube thing. But it was just like... That's nuts to me that like there's so little constraints on those that don't have them in college. And that's what, you know, people talk about a lot. You have a lot more time in college, but time management is really what sets people apart in their grades and sets people apart in their their overall performance um, and even life performance. Like, you know, I think interestingly enough, the constraints that we put on ourselves made the social events we did much more intentional. Oh, absolutely. I think that it makes all parts of your life more intentional, but I mean, specifically social and academic. I mean, oh yeah. every time that there's a get together, you know, it's a, it's not something that just happens on a whim or happens, you know, almost daily. It's if we're hanging out, we are planning it. We are there to hang out. Everyone is 
not worried about running, you know, probably for the following day. It's probably, yeah, exactly. before it's probably before an off day or at least like, I don't know. You've already gotten your run done for that day. Oh yeah. Let's say you're done with academics and you just, you're there to hang out. There's no one on the team that I think would be willing to just come and hang out if they had a huge amount of study that they still had to do because we instill this kind of culture where it's academics first. Yeah. I think, uh, I think, sorry, you go. I was going to say, it's good to instill that kind of culture, whether it's athletics or whatever your group is. Exactly. You hit it on the nail. I was just going to say like, dude, what, just do it with your friend group, man. Like I think a big thing that people can do is they have friends around them that are focused and, you know, obviously you want to have your fun friends, you know, like those exist. It's just don't keep them as like close to the vest. You know what I'm saying? Like you're going to see those people on the weekend or whatever, but like dealing with them during the week, maybe not so much because they are not going to help you achieve your goals at the moment. Or if you have those academic goals, if you don't do what you want, I'm not going to say you have to be good academically or that's going to make your life better. Because you know what? I'm trying to be stoic and I can't control whether people want to do successful things with their lives or not. And that's not just not going to bother me because it used to, <laughs> but like, I just, I'm just, I'm just going to be stoic about it. Um, You're just going to let them do what they want and you do what ex- you do. Exactly. I'm just, I'm just trying to help people build a better life. And they want, if they want that by whatever means that is, then yeah, I'm doing it through the lens of my own better life. But if you guys have a different idea of that, I can't hate because you know what? It is what it is. And with, with that in mind, I definitely though do think that, um, you know, like we hung out yesterday. Right. Um, and I think mm-hmm. it's interesting that for the fourth, it's like, it was this whole planned thing for a lot of people. Uh, there was, there was definitely a day set aside. And I know it's like, this is just an example. Uh, but even though it's in the summer and whatnot, we still touch you and I still touch base a lot about like, when are we recording? When do you have time? Because you have managed to keep this regimen up with the LSAT studying, even though the constraints aren't on you as much with the specific time of running like you and uh, your, your current roommate at the moment. Uh, and the other one that visited who oh, I'm going to talk about him in, in a little bit as an, as a case <laughs> study example, but like, you know, you guys got up and after a fun 4th of July ran at nine and I'm like, good for you guys. Can't say that is happening for the general population. Like uh, kudos. Um, I then like did core by myself for like half an hour cause I'm not running yet. And I'm like, yeah, we really, we are really, uh, we're really on this time management kick probably more than the average population. Cause we have just more constraints put on ourselves by others and sometimes by ourselves. Uh, yeah. yeah. I agree. I mean, when the, when the whole group is going to bed before 11 on like a, a quote unquote night out or what have you, <laughs> that, that was really funny. But yeah, we, that was a group of dudes that was just, um, I feel like we're all very committed to time management. And, uh, I mean, like you, like you said, there's the one case study, one of our friends who actually did his M1, his first year of medical school while he was a student athlete Baller. and I think that I think that I've never been <laughs> I've never been more uh motivated to say that oh I don't have time to do this or I don't have time to do that when watching this case study this M1 um do med school and athletics it just it should inspire anyone in college still doing athletics or even outside of college working a job like you, Dimitri, yeah. it's just like there's, you can make time. It's ridiculous. 
I I agree with you completely. Anytime I think about a lot of things and I did last semester too, I'm like, man, doctor, doctor's got his, got his busy time going right now. And if any freshman makes a comment about like, I don't have time to do that, I'm going to just be like, hey, you know, he's in med school, right? And he's PRing. <laughs> like he's having the best athletic year of his career. And he's in med school. And he's acing a lot of things from what I've heard. So uh, tough, tough on the whole excuses thing. Like, yeah, I just, that really got to me. I remember seeing that and this is something, and this is a very small thing and I'm going to let something bother me, you know, cause I'm not always stoic. Um, <laughs> something distinctly that happened to me my freshman year. That is like a very good anecdote. And I mentioned it to you before the podcast, nothing triggered me more than overhearing someone who's in the business school with me make the statement of like, and this is, this is two people talking. I'm not going to say what gender they are. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just say two people. I'm just going to be broad about it. These two people were discussing how frustrating it was, or not frustrating, how hard it was to find the time to work out because midterms had them swamped. I could have not been more triggered because I had a grade, nearly three ankle sprain, had been doing rehab for five to seven hours a week and was on the bike 300 miles a week to try to stay in shape. And I also was in class with them. And was also at that time had a video game problem, so I was just like, "Where, where are you putting this time?" I'm like, "Where, where are you putting this time?" I just don't like, I don't get it. And like that, those so many people are like that in college, and I think the doctor thing <laughs> is a big wake up call for them. I need to edit that out. I said the name. The doctor thing is a big wake up call for them to hear, and it's like, I'm just glad I know him. I'm very glad I know him because that's there's some ammunition in the in the gun for for certain conversations now oh i i absolutely agree but one thing i will say is that i do think the time management varies sport to sport and one thing that amazes me is how cyclists have any time to do anything else besides God, bike dude you're so right i follow yeah i follow a guy that's in the tour right now wart van art and like <laughs> you look at his strava and it's like he does like four hours of biking like per day like in his training sessions it's like he exclusively like just biking, not even considering like rehab, stretching, strengthening, like 30 to 40 hours a week. It's like, how do you even have time to do anything? You literally spend a sixth of your day in the bike. Yeah, that is ridiculous. Because a lot of people probably in that sense would be like, oh, it's his full-time job, yada, yada. But if you factor in the rehab, you factor in this and that and the other, it is more than 40 hours a week. Like it, it is more than a full-time job. And it's not just him. I mean, to, even to get to the professional level, you still have to put in that many hours. And it's like, if that, it, when you're not professional, it's not paying. I mean, that, that is the name of professional. But it's like, you also need a job. <laughs> it's like, how do you even have time for that? They, they must be the, uh, the time management gurus. I mean, they, they have to be. I really respect cyclists for that reason because they do what we do in regards to like aerobic effort, leg effort, but they do it for a longer period of time they really have to grind it's expensive as a sport to get into it's it's mm -hmm. got to be hard i i respect cyclists a lot um so there's there's something to be said about them uh, i think i think a good point as well for the time management thing with with i think a good piece of advice i would give to the general populace listening to this is get a goal centered around something uh and i think you know a lot of the time management comes in, and falls into place from that so if you have like a goal for yourself like we do with like running like my goal throughout college is i always wanted to win a conference title um i thought i could do that more 
more than actually had done that in my career. It didn't happen. Um, but I guess we did win a DMR title, which was nice. But uh, like, I always wanted to have like these big lofty goals. I thought at the beginning of college, I was going to go to NCAA's. I always thought I was going to make Nats. I always thought that kind of stuff. And that <laughs> always kind of like centered me and anchored me towards like doing things on a consistent basis because I had this goal. Like I didn't really drink much in college and I'm realizing that now when I'm having these casual discussions with people at work about what they like to drink. And I'm like, yeah, I still got to figure it out. Like, I don't really know. Um, I didn't really spend much time testing because that wasn't like, you were, yeah, yeah, I was just too committed to what it was and there wasn't any time to test. It was like some bush light or something because that was what was at the, the few times that I would drink. Um, <laughs> and I definitely think getting that goal centered around something and then looking into some very basic time management principles are it like literally have a to-do list, have a calendar, have a task management system and have a goal four point four point plan to being productive. And that, that, <laughs> that's my, my two cents on, on that in a very short span. That actually, uh, let's segue nicely into, I think, a pretty foundational issue that we're having in this conversation here, whether it be people that are in college and not in athletics, when they, you know, see the open expanse of time that they have for coming from high school, maybe they were on athletic team and they had a job and now you come to college and your only commitment is school. Having all this time clearly is not good and being able to have someone tell you how to time block is more advantageous as an athlete. And then obviously we had it forced onto us all throughout college, mm-hmm. but now you yourself are kind of facing the open expanse. You have a job, which puts a good amount of time constraint on you. Mm-hmm. But other than that, how are you finding time to, you know, handle all this free time? You don't have to run. No one's making you run anymore, but you're still going to go and do it, I assume. What, what, is, what are some of the uh, specific goals or, you know, things you're doing that are going to keep you motivated? Good question. Um, I have two main goals in life at the moment outside of my work. It's to have a good mental sort of physical, sort of mixed between the, the mind and the body, like good health for myself so that means socially that means physically uh that means you know religiously whatever it is right so that that's why i like talk about the whole like i need to figure out that's why i meme on myself about the whole workaholism thing because like (laughs) i think i need to like think about that often and reflect on that often and acknowledge it so like even recently right my goal is to become like so sorry that's my one goal my other goal is um make this whole youtube thing like you know more more of what it is um more advantageous for me in the long run in my life and putting in the groundwork now that then makes that happen um so the first goal being mind and body it then brings up like how do i do that and first and foremost i realized okay i my plan on my time blocking made me work seven days a week maybe i worked a little bit on saturday in the morning it's just like well i think it's better if i just wake up at five six days a week and then on saturday i do jack you know, mm-hmm. so like figuring out how that all fits in there, me being the whole time management guy, figuring out task batching. Um, so my main goal is like, I want to have a healthy life, but I also want to have this productive life with YouTube and work. So it's like finding that balance requires you to be disciplined with your time. That's what Jocko, Absolutely. you're of Jocko Willink. I think I've mentioned him to you. 
the marine guy. Um, I don't. I don't be- oh yeah, marine yeah. Guy says like discipline equals freedom. Mm-hmm. That as well as um, Elliot Kipchoge says that all the time. It's like his middle name. Yeah, I love Elliot Kipchoge, <laughs> man. But he talks about discipline equals freedom, and I want the freedom to be able to like not be mentally trained. I want the freedom to not be physically trained. And the reason that I obviously want to be in shape is because I know inherently that me being in shape is going to make me more productive, make me more healthy, more happy. So I like running. It's good. Um, I probably won't run nearly as much as I did in college. I think I will let myself take random days off from running and then I can go like do some, some plyometric stuff if my body's bothering me running wise. Right. Like that's something that I would never be able to do in, in college because you and I immediately think to ourselves, Oh, I'm going to be aerobically behind. I'm going to be aerobically behind. Like I take a day off. Oh no. Like I'm going to be, I'm going to be trash on this next workout. And the next thing I know I run bad in two weeks at a race. My mind never has to go there again, but my goal is to be like healthy as an individual. So like I got that going for me and I got the whole, please YouTube be really good one day. (laughs) So that's, (laughs) that's what's the main driving forces of, of like the whole mind body and like business success and how it makes me effective with my time now when honestly I really could, I mean, and that's maybe where like part of this question is anyone else in my circumstance could have just fallen off the wagon completely. And just not cared outside of work. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, I like how you answered that question in very um, abstract or non-committed terms. Yeah. Because you said that you just want like a general, you know, mind body wellness. And I think that's good because I think it actually um, brings a nice counter to this whole forced time block and how it's, we've been saying how it's so great, but in a lot of senses it's, it can be, you know, deficient to some people. There's, you know, when you were being told you have to run at this time, it's not advantageous for you because you want to have it in the middle of the day and break up your work schedule. As I've realized this summer, me as well, mm-hmm. a lot of other people don't enjoy getting up early. They rather run at 6 p.m., which I find absurd, but mm-hmm. that's that's how they want it, right? And being able to set softer goals and have like a true balance for yourself definitely pushes it back against this whole, you know, outside discipline thing. And and you're instead, you know, forcing discipline upon yourself. It's not saying that, you know, sometimes people say, oh, well, you're like mind, body, wellness. Like you're not like putting more time towards, you know, it's kind of like this, the self-help versus self-care stigma where like, if it's self-care, it's not productive, but it is productive. It is. You know, it it is still discipline. So I, I like how you're striking your own balance. Because I think that as I've see, I, I kind of ask this question because I see a lot of our teammates start to, you know, exit the, the college scene and enter the professional scene. And some of them are doing really well in terms of future ac- athletic goals. Yeah. And some of them are completely off the wagon, even though I know everyone that left college had athletic goals post-collegiately. Yeah, I have to say all of us, um, I guess I'm a year out from some of the guys my age, but main, most of us, yeah, everyone but one stayed right but then there's other guys i know Mm. like that that are like a year or two older than me that did not keep running after they kept running for a few years i think for me i think what's really helped me in this past year once like the more minimalism and like self-care side of me came out post the dogmatic thinking of you need to be stringent to yourself because like that's good for everyone i think what i've learned very much so is that you need to figure out what's good for you and i know for me me being like this to myself is at the current juncture in my life, best for me. Absolutely. 
So I don't want to ever say like you should be ridiculously effective with your time. Um, always and in every day. And you don't need to be like me and put in like 65 hour weeks. If you include the YouTube, like that's just, no, you don't have to do that. But for me, that's where I'm getting like life fulfillment. Right. So you got to figure out like, that doesn't have to be you. That doesn't have to be you at all. You could be working 30 hours a week at your job and like gaming the system of working from home, like a few days a week and like whatever that is for you. Like, I don't really, I don't really care. Like I want what's best for the people listening. So like, if that's, what's best for you, you do you. And then that means that on the weekends you literally do whatever you want and you make no planning at all. Good for you. But I will always make the argument that discipline on yourself equals freedom. And then you have the freedom to choose what you want to do with that extra time. And then if you want to lollygag, I don't care, but, I would say, please, like, at least, like, just a, little, just a little bit. Just a little bit of, like, doing what's best for you by making decisions that don't involve scrolling through TikTok all the time. And Chance has left the building. So Chance is back in the building. Um, we had some technical, <laughs> technical difficulties. But difficulties. We're, we're living the dream here. We only got a few minutes left to go, but I thought we should fin- finish up the thoughts at minimum. Finish through. Finish through, mate. We're at 54. Isn't that nuts? You were just realizing that. Yeah, no, that, that that went by quickly. This was a good you know, topic. You're on 37 is when you started, right? So that's seven to wow. Uh, oh, you're talking like about it? yeah, yeah, 54. Does it feel like it's been yeah. 17? Does no, it, that does it. <laughs> Wait, is that four months? Yeah, have we been doing this for four months? That's kind of crazy. No, we haven't. Yeah, because we're caught up now. We're not like, you know, five episodes ahead now. This is weird. Yeah, been a long time. Where did my life go? <laughs> you're just, you're sitting with this. You're in one of those moments where you realize that life is moving fast and slow. Hi. What are you, Malcolm Gladwell? What, is it? what was that? <laughs> What's the name of that? Who wrote that book? Oh, Thinking Fast and Slow. That's uh. That's not Malcolm Gladwell. That's that really famous psychologist. Kaufman? Oh. Daniel Kaufman. Uh, David Seymour Hoffman. Got it. Mm, Scott yes, Seymour. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, speaking of time, uh, time goes by quickly. That's insane. Um, I think one last thing we can talk about, which would be interesting, um, was like I had this I had this thought in my head going to the podcast. I was like keeping it as a, as a minor like surprise at the end. What what do you think got us or gets us on a consistent basis? And this is like maybe a goals question. Like what do you what do you think gets us to like consistently sit down and figure out a time that make that works in college beforehand and then now? You know what I mean? Like what cuz like we didn't even have close to the same schedules during the day outside of practice. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think that, I think that, you know, getting back to your conversation about intentionality and, um, you know, just focus in all parts of your life. I think that at least me personally, I've ventured into a lot of different extracurriculars throughout my college career Mm -hmm. and it had to be a very, uh, intensive process. It was very much a, uh, (laughs) it's like the, the app, you know rigorous process for applications yeah. with uh 
God, what's that guy's name? The book we just reviewed. Oh, God. Uh, Deepwork, Cal Newport. Oh, Cal Newport. Yeah, it, it's like in that where... Exactly. It's about this process of not finding just like a little bit of value in it, but a lot of, you know, life fulfilling, you know, character building value. And I think I've, I've ventured with the newspaper and with campus ministry and here, and in some places I find a lot of value in some places I don't. And in, in this space, I think that you and I would agree that we both find a lot of, uh, I don't know, introspective, you know, understanding and just a good research that makes us you know more interested in more topics and just a little more knowledgeable as well as fulfilled to you know spread that knowledge forth and forward i think that's why we uh continue doing this because you know you're always going to be limited on time it's just a matter of uh being intentional and doing the things that really drive you dang I felt like that was that was like a little that was deep. That was that was deep. I feel like there was a little heartfeltness to it, which is kind of cute. Um, I like <laughs> asked you to do this in the first place, and I was I was at the beginning, you know, like I, I never knew, I never knew. Like that's why I think it hit me because I was like, I think you texted me about this two weeks ago when we did our first remote podcast. But I definitely, you know, I'm feeling it. You know, like I'm feeling the I'm feeling the the way that this will work. You know, I mean, I hear things like about how Thomas Frank and Martin Bamey are ending their podcast after seven, eight years. And I'm like, that sucks. But then you talked, we talked about it last week and it's like, I definitely feel like this is something that we both make the time for because we get a lot of value out of it, you know, regardless of the whole, like whatever. Cause, cause they, they're not, they're stopping it cause they were using a Cal Newport argument as well. And I don't know if he's frozen right now or if his computer died. I think it would be really funny is if right now I say what I'm going to say and you stay on this FaceTime and I put the, I put the iPhone into the microphone and we meme on the audience. Could do that. We're doing that right now. I think you really had a really heartfelt sort of situation with what you said to me and I, and I really appreciate it. I'm just gonna let you know I'm like starting the, the meme. Uh, Thanks for that. We talked about it. I think this is going to be something we're going to do for a while. And I'm glad that you, uh, you, you know, you, you said things on the internet that I was, I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. So with that being said, I think we both appreciate you guys for pushing through our technical difficulties. Yeah. Not to get all, you know, not to get all soppy on you. You know, we're, we're going to keep it fun and light, but I, I, I do find a lot of fulfillment in the podcast. And I think that's why. I'm willing to time block, you know, put time towards it, even when my schedule is not so free. You, or sorry, I and the audience appreciates that and you, Mr. Vizzy. So with that being said, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rise Productive Podcast. Yeah, and we'll see you next time with a, a few less technical difficulties. Bye.